Dachmem, about uh, 10, 11 dines down. Tanarvanam. Apitropis, Mishalmin, Apitropsim, Mishalmin, Minalia. So we, we had actually a machlekes about this point yesterday, about when I have an Apitropis that's watching an animal that is a mood, who actually does the paying. We said there was the, the concern was that if you make the Apitropis pay himself as not being a good shamer, then he's, no one's going to ever want to be an Apitropis for your shamer, for Ketanim. So definitely we said one sheet yesterday that the Apitropis doesn't pay, gets paid straight from the Assignment. And we had a Biasi sheet that says the Apitropis pays, and then later on he collects back the money from the Assignment. That seems to be the sheet that, that this price is going with. So Apitropis is Shamim and Aliyah. He pays, and then he will get money back from the assignment, but that, that talak from yesterday, now we start at a new point, which is, ve'en mishalmin kaifer, what if the animal, a muid, uh, kills a person, if the animal kills a person, as we'll see in the Pesachim in a second, the loch is, the animal gets killed, obviously, that's always, and if the animal is a muid, then the bailim is ke'ilu chayef me, so we'll see how the Pesach reads in a minute, and instead, the owner pays kaifer, and he has to pay kaifer, a certain amount of money he has to pay, we'll see how much money it is in a second, and that would be instead of being Chayv Misa, or that is the Taich in when it says he's Chayv Misa, means he has to pay. We'll see how you define it. Says the Gemara, though, that Apitropin does not have that halacha. Why? It's nothing to do with the Apitropin. Says the Gemara, it's because the Yisemim themselves are not going to be Chayv. Why? So, Mantana, Kufr Kapara. The Chayv, the Pshat here is that we're assuming that the Kaifa that you pay is a Din Kapara. It's not a Din Tashlumen. It's not a question of paying. And, and, and restoring the, the damage that was done. It's not a din in Tashlumen, because that the Yisraelim theoretically could be Chayvin. We discussed whether they are or not, but there is in the Parsha of it. Whereas if you hold the Kaifer as a Kapara, it's like bringing a carbon or something like that, well, you're talking about Yisraelim Kitanim over here, Chayrash or Shaita, they're definitely not in the Parsha of any sort of Kapara, and then that's why the Apotropos would not have to bring in on their behalf as well. So Mantan, it says, more Kufra Kapara, this Mandi must be holding. Kaifer is a din in kapara, like a carbon. And you say, not, but a kapara. And that's why the Bryce says, Apitropis would not bring, uh, have to pay kaifer in this situation. So who is that shita? This is based on a machlaikis tanoim. The Sani, the Bryce says, let's read the Psukim. So the Psukim, the Psukim say, if the show is a mood, which is the basic Allah of mood that we discussed, then we have to theoretically, puzzle shot the way you read the puzzle, is you kill the owner of the animal as well as killing the animal. So the Bailam is you must. uses the love, and now Rashi makes sure to say that the word im over here does not mean if. You don't have a choice. It's not if you decide, it's when. So when you decide to pay Kaifer, then you pay this Pidjanavsay, then based on what the Bezdin determines you have to pay, which we'll define what those words mean in a second, then you don't have that Chiyav Misa. So what is this nature of this payment? So the Bryson says, V'nasan Pidjan Nafshay, Deme Nizik. So what are you paying over here? You're paying the value of the dead person who was killed, the person, the victim who was killed. He's worth a certain amount of money, and you have to pay his value. Rabbi son of says, You're paying your own value. The person who owns the animal has to pay his own value. What's the machlek? It's my love, but commifically. That the idea of this kaifer is a restitution. You're doing like every other tashlumen. And in this case, instead of being chayit, besides killing the animal, there would be an idea of does not mean you kill the owner. Gambal of yumas means that they pay 
And that is their ke'ilu death, meaning like we just like we say, ayin tachas ayin, shein tachas shein. It doesn't really mean that. It's just an expression. And also, gambal of yuma is just, just an expression. What really it means is, is that he has to pay. What does he pay? He pays how much the victim, how much the victim was worth in, in, a, in, a, in a shuk avavodim. That is if you hold kufr mamaynu. Maybe Yishmael says you're paying demay mazik, your own value. He must be Yishmael, be Yishmael, break a sabr, kufr kaparu. Therefore, he's being mechaper for the Averi did. So therefore, according to him, when it says the gambal of humus, it means the, earl, the owner is really chayiv misa, but you could be paida your chayiv misa by paying a certain amount of money, your value. You're being paida your own value. So we have over here machlaikis, whether kufr mamaynu and kufr kapara. And therefore, it says more, if you hold kufr kapara, it makes sense that Yishmael would not be in that parish at all. And therefore, the apitra and don't have to pay on their behalf. But if you'll go from a minor, then it'd be no different than any other Tashlumin, which we said, that the Yisraelim are theoretically in the Parsha, but they're Ketanim. And in that case, the Apitrapas would pay on their behalf. So we would have a Machlaikas, whether the Apitrapsim pay Kaifer or not, is depending on this Machlaikas. Amra Papa, you're right, that there might be such a Machlaikas, but Lavdafka is the question whether you pay the value of the Nizik or the value of the Mazik, the determining factor. Amra Papa, Loi. Kapara. Could be everybody holds it's really kapara. And therefore, when it says Balav Yumas, it means Ke'ilu, you're Chayav Misa. And, but when you pay the Kaifer, you're not Chayav Misa. So the what's the Machlaik is how much you pay. The question is, how do you evaluate how much to pay? You have to be mechaper for yourself. What do you have to be mechaper? So the Tanakhama says, Rabbanan said, By doing a Tashlumin of the Hezek, that achieves the kapara. Okay, and we show Menashe and Berachim Berachim seven. No, but the Mazik Sheminin, the way to achieve kapara is by being paid to your own value and paying it. But everybody holds that's a question of kapara, which would mean everybody holds that Yisraelim are not in that parsha and the Apichapas will not have to pay. Going, this is no sheet that sells kofra as mamayna. Everybody holds it's a tin kapara. The question is, how do you achieve that kapara? What's the machlekes then? My time with Rabbanan, why do Rabbanan say that it's the nizik, it's the, it's the restitution, it's the value that achieves the kapara? He says, Nemar shisa lamata, nemar shisa lamata. And on Pasuk it says, Kechalasha yushas alav. How much Bezdin says you have to pay. And a few Pesukim later, when it talks about the parasha of Dmei Vladis, if a person hits a pregnant woman and she does not die, in which case, but she loses the baby and he has to pay the value of the baby to the husband, to the father of that child, over there it says, Kasha Yashas Olav Bala Ishav and Nasan Beflilim. Over there it says also Yashas. What? Before. It's not before. Correct. It's before. It's impossible. It's, it, I read it before, but okay, maybe I said it wrong. Sorry. Um, and therefore, the passage of Yipsukim before us says, and that's clearly meaning you're paying the value of the victim in that case. Just like over there, it means you're paying the value of the victim. Here it says, it also means paying the value of the victim, but paying the value of the victim achieves a kapara. That's what our button are learning. Before, by No. It says, we don't look at that Xerashava. Rather, it says, you're being paid to your own nefesh. How do you pay to your own nefesh? By paying your own value, of course. That's, that's Pashup Shah. For Rabbanan in, Pijin Nafshek, if it does say Pijin Nafshek, you're being paid to your own nefesh by paying the value of the damage that you caused. Okay. So, according to Rav Papa, there is no machlekes of whether Kufr Kapara or Kufr Mamayna in this case. Everybody can say Kufr Kapara, but the question is, how do you go ahead and achieve that Kapara? 
The nafka community could be if you're meichel. Can you be one of the nafka communities? Can can the can the can the yisaimim of the nizik be meichel the money? If it's mamayna, they can be meichel. If it's kapara, you can't. Kapara, you, I have to achieve my kapara. I have to give it to you. You could give it back to me afterwards, but I have to give it to you. Mishabeach le Ravel Rav Nachman. So Ravet was speaking to Rav Nachman. He told Rav Nachman, but Rav Achabar Yaakov Dadam Gadol. He says there's a big Tamachacham, Rav Achabar Yaakov, who's going to come visit. And you, know, you should know, he's Kedai to talk and learning with. So Ravet said to Rav Nachman, when he comes to visit you, this Rav Achabar, bring him to me, I want to talk to him and learning. So so he, Rav Achabar came to visit once to Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman brought him to Rav. So they came to talk and learning. So Rav Achabar said to Rav, ask me a Shailan, no, let's talk over the sugya. You know, let's talk over a question. So, by me, so Rav asked them as follows: Shor shol shnei shutim. Daloche is clearly by hezek. If you have a, a shor that's owned by two shutim and it does damage, so of course the two shutim have to pay the damage. Each one pays half, right? That's clear. The nizik over there, the clearly it's a question of restitution. So each one, if it caused a hundred shekel of damage and it's a muad, so you have to pay. Each owner has to contribute fifty shekel to pay back. The tashlumim of the minezik that was done. What about in a case of shoshal sheitut shutfim keitzer b'shalmim koifer? If you hold kufra kapara and you're trying to achieve kapara for the owner of the animal, what if you have two owners? How do you pay in that case? Okay, do you say m'shalim high koifer koifer? To say that each one pays the full value, whether you say with the nizik shamina or the shamina, it doesn't really matter. But you definitely remember the money is going where. Whether you hold benizik shemina mazik shemina, the money's not going to stuck, right? The money is still going to the victim's family. That's clear. So how do you go about achieving kapara when you only own half the animal? Do you say that each one has to achieve his own kapara? So each one has to pay that full value, especially if you hold bidamazik shemina. So I have to pay my value. You have to. Uh, I'm a shutif with you and an animal. I have to pay my value to achieve kapara. You have to pay your value to achieve kapara. Would it make sense that I pay half of my value and you pay half of your value? So what do you say? Each one pays the full. Says so that doesn't make any sense. Sham Right? Terry says you only pay one. Now all of a sudden you pay two. Doesn't make sense from the Nizik's perspective, from the person who's receiving the money's perspective. Why should he get double? And what do you want to say? Each one should pay half. We'll see later on. There's cases we had yesterday. Cases where even a mood can have cases of chatsi nezek. No such thing as bringing like half a carbon. Right? There's no such thing as that. When you need a kapara, Torah prescribes how the kapara is achieved. So. There was a shita like that, correct? But we're not in that shita right here. That was by a tam. That was by a tam. And it could be he's going on the side of a minor, not kapara. We're clearly Tyson says we're going on the side of kapara. Okay? So this was the shayla that Rav asked Ravach. So the Yosef had come in and so they, they were sitting and thinking the answer to this question. So Amalais, he said, oh, and by the way, let me pile on here. I have another question I could ask you. Right? He said, you're an Adam Gadol. Well, let's see what you got. So he asked him a second question related to Kaifer. So Tanan, the Mishnah says, If someone says they're going to give a certain amount of money to, to the base of Mikdash, as, as Berek Abayas, so the Aloha is, Bezdin can go ahead and force the person to give a mashkin. Right? Until you come up with the money, we have to make sure you have an incentive to give the money, and therefore Bezdin takes a mashkin, some sort of collateral, until you come up with the cash to pay to the Berek Abayas. If a person did some sort of a ver that's mechaivim a karbachatos, Whatever aver is mechayvim a carbon ashram, then we do not have to go ahead and take a, a collateral or a mashkin from you to force you to bring the carbon because you have a vested interest in bringing the carbon on your own. 
because you need kapara. So therefore, we're not concerned that you're not going to go ahead and bring the carbon. You're always going to need, want to bring the carbon because you want to achieve kapara. That's a standard halacha that we have. So chayve kaifer mai. So he asked him, what about chayve kaifer? Someone whose animal kills somebody and he's supposed to pay kaifer. That kaifer doesn't go to better kabayas. That kaifer goes to the victim's family. So that kaifer mai does be, either bezdin, Tyson says maybe the Nizik's family, can do they force them to give a mashkit, a collateral. Is the person going to want to bring it on his own, in which case we don't have to take a collateral? Or are we concerned? What's the issue? Came in the kaparu. We're going in the sheet that kufers kapara, which we said everybody holds. So kechatas v'yashem dami. So it's it's chatas v'yashem and michmar chamer leiv leiber mashkude. Therefore, the person has a vested interest in achieving kapara. It's chamer to him, and there's no reason to take a mashkin. How do you achieve this kapara? By paying your friend. Right? By paying the other person. You're not achieving the kapara by giving the money to better kabayas. You're achieving the kapara by giving the money to the victim's family. So then you more look at it as a restitution, even though it's really a kapara, but you're looking at it as a restitution, and therefore you're not going to necessarily be interested in giving the money so fast, so we have to force you to do it by taking a mashkin. You're not going to take it so seriously, and we should go ahead and take a mashkin from such a person. Another svar he says is, over here the owner didn't do the aver himself, he didn't kill anybody. It's the animal, his, own, his animal that he owns that killed somebody. Also, he's not going to take that so seriously. I didn't do the aver, my animal did the aver. Eh. So he's not going to take the kapara aspect so seriously. And if for another reason, if he doesn't take it seriously, we should go ahead and force him to take a mashkin. So this is a second question that Rava asked Ravacha. So Racha said, okay, I give up. So Allah Shafka, leave me alone with the second question. It's Kamaisa. I'm still haven't figured out the answer to the first one. Now you're putting a second one. I think Mara leaves both these questions without an answer. So it's not clear. How do you split up Kaifer if you'll kufika part between Shutfin? And do you take a mashkin? Both these shadows, the Gemara does not answer. Moving on to another topic. Tarabaram. Gemara brings a brisa with two halachas. We're gonna to have to break up and, and understand each one of the halachas. Tarabaram. Shalu Tam. So I borrow an animal from somebody. And I assume it's a tam, right? Every animal you assume is a tam. There's no reason I should assume otherwise. So I, I'm borrowing an animal because I want to work in the fields. Can I borrow your animal? Yes, thank you very much. I'm a shoyal. And I assume it's a tam. And it does damage when it's by the shoyal. And obviously the shoyal would normally be responsible. If he knew it's a shoyal's responsibility, he's a shimer. He has to take care of the animal, etc., etc. But here I didn't know it was a muad. I thought it was a tam. And now it goes in and damages. So who pays what? You tricked me. You gave me an animal. It's a mood that I thought it was a tam. So the Bryce says, First of all, two halachas we see here right away, seems to be. A, that because it was a mood by the original owner, it remains a halach of a mood by the shoyal, which is a question we already discussed yesterday. We say, Rishus, Mishana, yes or no. Here we seem to be, we seem to be saying, Rishus, ain't a Mishana. And the fact that it was a mood by the original owner means it still retains its mudhood. That's a new word. When it goes to the shoyal, and therefore, says the Gemara, there is a Nezek Shalom that needs to be paid, but, says the Brisa, the Shail pays half of it, and the original Bailam pays the other half. What's the nature of this split? Hold on, the Gemara will explain. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two is, who had Mabe Shail? What if it was a Tam, and it became a Muid by the Shail's house? So it became a muid by the shayel. He gored another once or twice, whatever it is. Vechzira the bailim, and then he gives it back to the bailim. So bailim is shalom chatzinezek. When it goes back to the bailim, it does not retain its muid hood. It actually goes back 
to being a tam, and it goes back to being a loch of a tam, and the bailim for future damage. Doesn't have to pay anything of any future damage, obviously. But this line of the Bryce seems to be saying the opposite of Allah. That Rishus Mishana. That what happens by the Shoyal is different than the Allah status it's going to have when it goes back to the owner. So it seems to be a steer clearly between the Rish and the Seifa whether being in a different Rishus changes its status. That thing more we'll get to at the end of the Sugya. But first let's go back to the first Allah of them splitting the Chetzinezek. Splitting the Nezek Shalim into two Chetzinezek. Amar Mar. Shalom Chetzkastam and Imtzamud by the Mishalim Chetzinezek Vishal Chetzinezek. Why does the Shoyal have to pay anything? And the Gemara is going to have a back and forth here with interesting svaras about who should be mechayev what. Lemalei, why can't the shayel say to the owner, I borrowed an ox, not a lion. If I borrow a lion from you, there's a reasonable expectation that I assume it could go do damage and I have to be careful. I borrowed a seemingly simple, calm animal. I didn't know it was a mood, and therefore I didn't watch it at all properly. I understand I didn't watch it, but it's your fault. If you'd have told me it was a mood, I would have done a better job watching. So therefore, maybe the show could say, I don't even have to pay half. I should pay nothing. So I'm a Rav. Rav says an amazing answer. You're right. You're right. If the shell had no idea that this animal ever gored anybody then the shell has a good taina, and he could say, I'm not paying any of the damage, I didn't know at all that this animal was such a wild animal. Even a tam animal. We're talking about over here a case where he knows, the shell knows it gored at least once. And Avil Dechai, oh, very good. Tarati Okay, so therefore, he he, uh, he says, I know, he, he didn't know it was a muad, he thought it was a tam, but he at least knew that it had done this once and already the owner had paid or whatever it is. And therefore, there's a reasonable expectation the shell can't claim that he didn't know the animal as well, so at least Chetzi has to pay. But in a situation where the shell had no clue that this animal ever did any damage, the shell would not have to pay anything. So this is a valid taina, that if the shell had no idea and he was never informed, he would not have to pay anything. Okay, that's step one. So he could only pay chetzi if he knew something had happened. Okay, but still. Even though I knew the animal was a, a shtickle wild animal, but I thought it was a tam, and a tam that even though it gored once, you don't have to watch it so carefully. I knew it's not such a crazy animal. Now you gave me a mood. Mood is much wilder. So he says, Mishum because the, the owner answers back. You knew it was a tam. You knew it had gored at least once already. You were always going to have to pay chatzinez. You're right. I tricked you. It was a muad, and I didn't tell you that. But Lamaisa, chatzinezik, you're always going to have to pay. In this case, also, you always have to pay chatzinez. There's no tiny to get out of it altogether. So, Hasanam is Yosham Palga. Nizk. has another tiny. The name of itama ve mishtalamigufa. He said, but if it was a tam, I wouldn't have to pay cash out of my pocket. Tom gets paid, remember, only from the value of the animal itself. So if the Tom gets paid from the value of the animal itself, what does that have to do with me? It's coming out of your animal. Now, it's a schwer kind of tiny, because the answer is kind of obvious. The owner says to him, Remember, there's two aspects over here. The Nizik, the Nizik who got damaged, the victim, he collects his money from the value of the animal. But if he takes that animal away, the Shoyal now owes an animal to the original owner because of his She'ela, because he borrowed an animal. If I borrow from you an animal and something happens to the animal or someone takes the animal, I have to pay you back an animal. So don't give me this taina that Tom is from Gufa has nothing to do with you. You're right, it has nothing to do with you. But Lamaisa, you owe me an animal because you borrowed my animal, so you're going to have to pay it anyway. So it's really all the same money. So you're going to have to pay Chatzinez. So maybe he has another taina. Why doesn't he say to him, 
In Tama v'modinu miftura. Remember, we have a shita that said that the chetzi nezek of Tama is a knas. And the local by knas is moidu b'knas pote, which means any time your animal gores somebody as a tam, if you hold moidu b'knas, if you hold it that chetzi nezek is a knas, the most important thing you could do now, it's a risk, right? Because if Adam show up, you're going to have to pay. It's too late. If you hold Adam if you hold Adam come first, it's too late to be Maida. Rather, you, you might want to be Maida to get out of it, but once you're Maida, then the animal becomes on the way to becoming a Muad. So it's a risk. But in this case, he says, if I would have known that in Tama, that he said, Tama, if this animal was really a Tama, which I thought it was, I would have been Maida and not have to pay anything. Why can't the Shell say that? Tyson says, what do you mean? What does the Hidov, the Shoyal, have anything to do with anything over here? Lamaisa were saying that the responsible, not the responsible party, but the owner of the animal, he's the one who's Hidov can get him out of it. The Knas is really on the owner of the animal, because it's the din in the animal itself. So this is Enechanam, it's from say, you have to say that we're talking about a case where the Shoyal said, I would have told you to be Maida. Now, as soon as it damaged, I would have called you up before they got the Bezid. Quick, be Maida, that it happened, so we don't have to pay this Katsinezik. But you didn't tell me. Right? You, it was a muad. So if it's a muad, Haidah doesn't help. So now I'm getting messed up because you didn't tell me. If you would have told me that it was a muad, I would have done something else. Now that it was, if it was a tam, I could have gotten out of it. In tam, I did a miftah. Even if you hold Chetzinezik is a moment, it's a tashlum, and therefore Haidah doesn't help, I still could have gotten out of it. Namely, the shell says, Remember, you can only collect me gufai. You have a very simple way of getting out of paying Chetzinezik. Whether you hold a knas, whether you hold a mummin, you hide the animal. If you take the animal and run it away to an agam, to a, to a swamp, and no one can find the animal, they can't collect, because you only collect me gufai. So if it's a tam, I could have hid the animal. Turns out it's a muid. If it's a muid, there's nothing I can do about it. So it's not my fault. What do you want me to do? If I would have known it was a, if I, if I would have known it was a muad, maybe I never would have borrowed it. You gave me an animal that was a muad, and I thought it was a tam. I would have just run and hid the animal. And now they told me I can't because it's a muad. So why should I pay anything? If it was a tam, I would have gotten out of paying altogether. You should pay. The bailiff should pay the whole nezik. So well, you're right. El argues the zealous. Some people take out the Allah. How come I skin the act and We're talking about a case if Bezdin didn't have it yet. Then Enochanami maybe has a taina. We're talking about a case where the shell did not. A, did not do a good job watching it because it did damage. And then B, the police came and grabbed the animal. Bezdin grabbed the animal right away. It's collecting me goofy. Then until they work out how much you have to pay, blah, blah, blah. But the mice, they grabbed the animal. And if they grabbed the animal, there's no more hiding the animal. There's no more anything on the animal. And therefore, the, the, the shell has no more time. I would have hid the animal for the dog because Bezdin already took it. So wait a second. So why is the Bible paying anything over here? The owner should say to the shayel, I lent you an animal. You let the animal get arrested. That's not the right term. But you let the animal be taken away by the bezdin. You owe me a whole animal. What do you mean I have to pay half? I'm not paying anything. I lent you an animal. The animal got arrested on your watch. You owe me an animal. Leave me alone. What's this business? The Bible has to pay anything. Because the answer is, says the Gemara, because the shell could say back to you, this is like a whole back and forth. The shell could say back to the owner, let's say I would get the animal out of there. Let's say I would make sure the animal's there. They're still going to come arrest it by you. Right? Just because there happened to be a Myrish or some Besden showed up to arrest the animal, if I would have gotten the animal back to you, they would have come to your Rishos to arrest the animal. So don't give me this business, the arresting of the animal makes a difference because the Besden was going to arrest the animal anyways. See, what do you mean? I would have taken it and brought it away. I would have hid the animal so it wouldn't have been able to be arrested. So, but that doesn't matter because you forgot the point. This animal at the end of the day is a muad. 
It's not a tam. The whole time of hiding it away was when it's a tam. Lamaisa, it's a muad. They would have made you pay anyways. Arresting the animal is just a way of taking collateral. Right? We're talking about a muad. Arresting the animal has nothing to do with anything. The anchor point is taking a collateral to pay the Nezik Shalit. So the owner can't say, I would have hid the animal, because who cares if you hid the animal? You would have to pay anyways. So if the owner had cash to pay, and he could have paid, so then you can have this back and forth. What about a case where the owner had no cash? The owner has zero money. He was never going to have to pay, in theory. Okay, the world is going to, the real is really saying this question because we have a very good answer coming up. It's not such a great question, but it's a very good answer either way. So the owner says, I would not have had money. I would never have had to pay this because I just don't have any money. And by you letting the animal get arrested, you're forcing them to take the collateral, the animal's collateral, and that would have been paid the loan, paid the, the hezek. Whereas if I would have had the animal back, I would have hid the animal. I have no money in any bank accounts. They wouldn't be able to put a lien on my account. There's nothing to talk about. So Lamaisa, why should I pay? The chetzin I should pay nothing. So no, 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 you're missing the point. Because the shayel says like this, I owe you the animal back, right? I borrowed an animal from you, I have to give the animal back. You owe the animal or the value of the animal to the nizik, right? Your animal did damage, you owe the value of the animal to the nizik. And now, using Rav Nassan's famous halacha, that if you, I owe you and you owe him, I can pay directly to him, that works. The son of Nassan, I owe you money. And you owe somebody else money. You could collect from the third party. We die from the deposit that you pay back, not just from the person you could collect, not just the person you owe money to, who owes you money, but the person who owes them money. Now, this is a tremendous chiddish applying it in our case, because you're assuming, A, that a shayel is considered someone who owes money, which is not so simple to talk about. I mean, he actually has to give the animal back, but it's not really like a mal, it's not a mal of a life type of relationship. That's A. And B, in this case, he, the person who owes the money is voluntarily giving it to the other party. We don't even see that the nizik's coming to the shayel to collect it. The shayel is voluntarily giving it or allowing it to be taken over there. That's also a chiddush. But that's the point over here at the Gemara. The reason you pay chetzi chetzi is because, yes, I, I borrowed an animal that I knew should have caused at least chetzi nezik damage and I would have been responsible for. Oh, what about the second half? The second half, Lamaisa, you the owner owe the second half, and I gave up, yes, we're talking about a case only when I gave up the animal. If I didn't give up the animal, we could talk, we could talk about it differently. When I gave up the animal to that third party, it was because I owed you that second half, and you owed them the second half, and therefore I'm allowed to go ahead and give it to them, Itam Rav Nassan. And that's why this Gemara makes sense at the beginning of the Brisa, that you're paying chetzi chetz. Okay, so we've taken care of the first half of the Brisa. Why are we assuming that these guys are so dishonest? It's not a question of honest. Hide your is that normal? I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting point. The interesting point is when you're when you owe chetzidesi migufa, is that considered dishonest to hide the animal or not? I, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, it's definitely not kosher v'yosher, but is it illegal? Is it illegal to hide the animal? I'm not sure. It sounds like it's not illegal because otherwise the gemara would be. You know, I wouldn't have paid. What do you mean you wouldn't have paid? The halacha is you have to pay. It sounds like it's not so usher to do it. You're, you're right. It's a good point. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. So let's go to the safe for the price. It said, It becomes a muid by the shayel. Too bad. When it gets back to the bailam, the bailam only pays chetzinezek. Says the Gemara. Safer rishos mashana, reishim rishos enemashana. We see a steer in Does changing rishos change the status of the animal? Yes, or no. It's a steer, as we pointed out. 
Three turrets. From the fact that we see that does not change status between the owner's Rishus and the Shail's Rishus, also Seifanami Rishus and Mishana. And therefore, theoretically, if it becomes a Mu'ad by the Shail, it should not go back to being a Tom. But the sefer at the time of the source pshat in the sefer, from the amalei lav kokaminach to miyadis lechutu roi, I lent you an animal. You have no ability to turn it into a muad. It's not the pshat; it turns into a muad, and then when he gives back to me, it goes back. As far as I'm concerned, you have no ability to turn it into a muad in the first place. I lent you an animal. I lent you the animal to work with. I never gave you permission to turn it into a muad. So by you, if it does damage and becomes a muad, you have to pay muad, that's fine, that's your own issue. But by me, I never let, let you turn it into a muad. Maybe you treated it bad, maybe who knows what you did to it. And therefore it has nothing to do with Rishus Mishana. It never, as far as I'm concerned, it never became a muad in the first place. Interesting svar. Rav Papa Amar, be the safer Rishus Mishana, not Rishus Mishana. Papa says it should change. He says a different svar. It's a little hard svar. He says, I own the animal. I lend it to you. When I lend it to you, it's still at least shutfus. I do own part of the animal. Uh, the, the goof of the animal, I own. You don't, you're allowed to use the animal. You don't own the animal. I own the animal. You're allowed to use it. We're like sort of like shutfim in the animal. So since I was the owner, and then I still have the ownership when it's by you, we don't say that the muidness of my, my muid changes when I lend it to you. When it becomes a mood by you, and then you want to give it back to me, that's what is Meshus Meshana, because now it's going from being a Shutfis animal to being only my animal, that we consider to be more different. Again, it's... it's, it's, it's Correct. The question, I understand your problem. I was waiting for this. I knew this was coming. Um, how do we split it halfway? We're saying that when it goes from me to you, it is is not Rishus Vashana, but from you back to me, we are considering that Rishus Vashana. You have to look at the Achorinim, how they split it up. There's no good Svarat to say it, but we are saying is that when it's by the shell, it's really mine, at least in one direction. In the other direction, what happens by you is not going to be considered enough to be changed by me. It's a, it's a dakatik as far. I don't have a good explanation for it. All the Achorim grapple with it, but that seems to be the spell that Mars is going with. And when it happens, from me to you is one direction, from the Shail back is still going to be considered changing someone. Continues the Gemara. Continues the Gemara. We're moving on to the last case in the Mishnah. The Shor, it's to the end. We have a Shor that did, that was a wild Shor that kills. So we said have a wild Shor that kills, that was trained to kill, so he's not Chayev Misa. So by the way, is Can you use this Shor as a carbon? Now, Lamaisa, a shor that was Aymid Lamisa because it killed, you cannot use it as a carbon. We'll see in the Pasuk in a second. This one killed somebody, but it's not Chayev Misa. So, what's the Nakuda of the fact that you can't use it as a carbon? So, Ma'alagam is Bech. Rav Amar Kasher. It's Kasher Lam is Bech. Shmuel Amar Pasuk. Rav Amar Kasher. It's not considered like it did anything. You trained it to kill, it killed. That's something wrong with the animal. And therefore, it's a totally kosher animal. You could even use it as a carbon. Shmuel Amar Pasuk. Right? Never by a very. Even though it's not Chayev Misa, but it's a murderer. And if it's a murderer, that's enough to postle it from being a carpet. What's the shy like this? Mace, we have Bryce. The Pusik says, in the beginning of Pashas Vayikar, When you bring a carpet, first Pusukim in Pashas Vayikar. What do you bring a carpet from? Min ha-behema, min ha-bakar, umin ha So you're bringing either a behema, a bakar, or a tzayin. What do these words mean? So the Gemara Dashan says, min ha-behema, If you have an animal that was mezana with a person, that animal cannot be used as a carpet. 
right? Whether it's the animal was the one who was bizarre with the person or the person was bizarre with the animal, doesn't make a difference. Either side of the coin, the animal is not kosher as a carbon. Min ha-bakr, lo If it was used as a varizara, it becomes possible as a carbon. Min ha-tzara, If it wasn't used as a varizara, but it was set aside for a varizara, that also means it's possible as a carbon. U min the extra vav, lo that an animal that killed somebody cannot be used as a carpet. Okay, that's fine. Now, in Pashapshat, you would say that's talking about a case where it killed somebody, and it's Chayav Misa, it cannot be used as a carpet. But comes along, Rabbi Shimon, I'm Rabbi Shimon, and Nemer Eveya, Lama Nemer Negech. Both are Eveya, an animal that is Mazana with a human being is Chayav Misa. An animal that kills another human being is Chayav Misa. They're basically the same halacha. So why do we have to say both of them apostles of carbon? Why do you say both? She says, I'll tell you why. They have different types of halachas. Whether the animal did the maisa or the animal had the maisa done to him, whether the animal is the reveya or the nirvah, as she says, either way, the animal is chayiv misa. Whereas negeach, loy osobo by an ageach, it depends if he did it on, by mischavin, or our case, where he was an oinus, where you trained him to do it. And therefore, there's a difference between these two halachas. An ageach is mishal and kaifer. Reveya, if an animal is mazana, there's no kaifer. Lefichach, hutzuchleimer, reveya, hutzuchleimer, ageach. Says Abishim, and that's pshat, why we have to have both these halachas. So what do we see, says the Gemara? Ketani miyas, reveya, asabo, oinus, keratzen, ageach, loyazim, bas, keratzen. We see that by a Ravea, we say whether he's doing the Maisa, or the Maisa is done to the animal, he's Chayat. Whereas by Negeach, not. By Negeach, only if it's on purpose, where if it's by Oynes, not. Not what? Says the Gemara. That even for a carbon, he's not going to be Chayat, he's not going to be considered someone who did an Avera if it was by Oynes. If he, if he was trained to kill, we'd say it's not an Avera at all, and he's able to be brought as a carbon. So we see Mamish like Rav said. No, maybe the gabi a carbon and a chami is possible. What the gemara just meant was is that it's not going to be chayev misa. It's not going to be but truth is that makes more sense. The amr the carbon negech lass b'ayis karatzin lavanis v'deiksiv v'laratzin deiksiv. We don't see anywhere in the pasuk anything about what's kosher as a carbon or not. Nowhere does the pasuk actually say. The whole idea from Shimon was pasuk says this. We're not sure which way to dashin. Pasuk never says that an animal is kosher or not kosher for a carbon. By killing the animal that we dashed before Rashi brought, it says, ki yigach, If it does it on its own, then it's chayv misa. If you cause it to happen, you train it to kill, then the animal is not going to be chayv misa. Therefore, the chilik over here is that when you're talking about a, an animal that is going, that is going to be oimid lamisa, it's only an animal that did it barasa, not an animal that did it ba'inis, whereas a, a reveya is always going to be chayv whether he's the, whether he's the cause or not, and therefore it says of Shimon there could be enough community between it. Elalav le katala. Okay, we'll pause here, we'll pick it up here in Mitzvah Shem tomorrow and we'll finish this circuit.